Welcome back to the Fantasy Madness Podcast with me, your host, Ryan MK. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at RMKMadness. Check out all my content there. So, welcome back. How was everybody's weekend? Uh, It was a weekend of insanity, a weekend of horrors. And I have a whole lot to say on that subject. But I've done so on my other podcast, the Miscellaneous Debris Podcast. I've went ahead and done it there. So for the sake of trying to stick to football, I'm going to try not to get too into what's going on in the world. But I want to touch on it because it is important. What's going on in this country is insane. And for those of you who think the people who are Trump supporters and COVID deniers and systematic racism ignorers, you types of people, you're failing to see a lot of things here. Number one, the entirety, well, just about the entirety of the rest of the world is with the people like me, was with the protesters, is with the black community. They're not with you. They're not with Trump. Okay? People in Germany, all over Europe. People in Denmark. People in Japan. So we got countries all over Europe. We got countries in Asia. We've got countries around the world protesting at U.S. embassies Because black lives matter. D.C. was on fire last night. Our president was hiding in a bunker. Hiding in a bunker. (laughs) Remember who else hid in a bunker? I mean, the tactics that some of the police were using. I mean, we saw some good cop stuff. Cops standing with protesters, marching with protesters, kneeling for protesters. But we saw a lot of shady stuff too. Cops knocking down people that are just walking on the sidewalk. Um, People were getting shot with rubber bullets. A few people got shot in the eye. Uh, An old man was pushed down. He was walking with a cane, just fucking pushed down. And... Our president thinks it's okay. He's the one, you know, he's going to blame Antifa and these left-wing... He's trying not to say... He's trying to make it like normal Americans aren't, aren't protesting. This is the dangerous Antifa. He's just... Again, if you want to hear my thoughts on, on all of this overall, what's going on, go to Twitter or iTunes, Apple Music, whatever, Apple Podcasts. Check out... My other podcast, Miscellaneous Debris, and what I have to say. Because the bottom line is, Trump's out of control. The police are out of control. Yes, some of the protesters are out of control. But when it comes down to it, the riots are also being framed in a certain way. There's cops out there instigating shit. Pallets of bricks are showing up randomly. White people, white supremacists, and Trump supporters most likely are out there causing damage. And using spray paint to graffiti so that it's blamed on black people. 
And I went so deep into it on my other podcast. I'm not going to do that here. But it's going to be a shorter episode. Because I'm, I'm sorry, but right now, at this point in time, I love football. I need a distraction. I love that shit. But it just seems trivial, you know? To what's going on in the country right now. So I just want you to know, my black brothers and sisters, I am with you. This is bullshit. We will find a way to get through this. And we will find a way to beat Trump's America. Because it sucks. It's bullshit. This is bullshit. All of this. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to try and chill out for a second. Chill out for a second. We're going to try and talk some fantasy. Kind of an easy, like I said, shorter episode today just because everything going on. I'm just after the weekend, I'm feeling a bit down, feeling a bit angry. And the football just right now seems a little bit trivial. I'm sure as the week goes on, I'll feel better. Maybe, depending on what is going on with our fucked up country. But for today, we're going to do a little talk about some guillotine league. What a guillotine league is good strategies, and now that my draft is over, how my team turned out. So we'll get into that, and then we'll close up shop. Shorter episode again, like I said, I apologize, but it just, I don't, I don't know. Something about today, and maybe this, will, this feeling will last all week, but to, just today, it just doesn't feel, I'm just, I, I, I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> it just doesn't feel like, you know, the normal vibe to do this show, I guess. But we're going to go ahead and try, and we're going to push through, and we're going to get a little bit of talking done today pertaining to fantasy football. So let's go ahead, get into the madness, and chat about this uh, guillotine league, yes? All right. Welcome to the madness, yes, the madness. <sighs> and again, see, even that doesn't feel right. It just, uh, it just doesn't, shit just is not vibing right today. But again, we're going to push through, we're going to push through. So, guillotine league. Now, I discovered this league a few years ago, this new type of league, and... It wasn't until that first year I discovered it, I wasn't able to get a league together. So I got one together last year. And let me tell you, these things are fucking awesome. So Guillotine League. It's a total points league, meaning there's no head-to-head. -head. You don't play against another team every week. It's just a leaderboard. And you still get points, points as normal on a weekly basis for the players that do what they do, Right? But instead of those points going against another team to see who scores more for the win or the loss, it just puts you on the leaderboard. And if you can manage if you can manage to get a good lead on the leaderboard, then that keeps you safe for a little bit. But this can be anywhere from like, I mean, really, you can do as many teams as you want. Last year, our first year, we had 12. So it went through 12 weeks of the regular season. This year, we have 16. So we're going to do all 16 weeks. And then, you know, no week 17, which is fine. But 16 weeks. So we got 16 teams. And basically what happens after every week, the team at the bottom of the leaderboard 
the team with the least amount of points is eliminated from the league. Their team, their players, are put into the player pool to be bid on during free agency. So this makes FAB, the, the free agent budget, this makes FAB a big deal, okay? So, after each week, lowest team is cut, players to the pool. The last man standing wins. So there's different strategies you can take, and I'll tell you what I did. Now, as far as when it comes to the draft, last year, I don't exactly remember how I drafted, to be honest. <laughs> but I did have Lamar Jackson, whom I got really late in the year. And just the team that I had put together through the first five weeks, I would, like I was the number one on the leaderboard for a lot of the season. Because the first few weeks of the season, I got ahead by like 100 and some points. Because I had Chris Godwin. And I had Lamar Jackson. And I can't remember who my running back was. Dalvin Cook? So I was really, really tearing it up. Uh, well, pretty much through, throughout the whole season. But when it comes to the draft, what I did this year was kind of looked at schedules, which you got to be careful because just because a team was shitty defensively last year doesn't mean they'll be shitty this year. And just because a team was good defensively the previous year doesn't mean they'll be good again this year. Shit changes really quick in the NFL, especially when it pertains to something like defense, because that's just a great defense is something that's just hard to keep going. It is. Look at the Legion of Boom. I mean, it's just, it's hard to keep a great defense together. So those strengths, strength of schedule bits, they fluctuate really. So you really don't know, but it's, but it is it can be beneficial. For example, my first one of my first picks was who was I going to take in the draft? Zeke. I took Zeke. He was the best option at that point. And there was a few other options right there. I could have reached a little to grab a Dalvin Cook or a Joe Mason. But the way I looked at it is Zeke. Even last year, he got the big contract. He still did. He didn't quite look the same. He started off a little slightly. But guess what? He was still a top running back. Guess what else? Consistent. So I looked at that and I said, okay. And then he's got teams like the Redskins who, yeah, I'm sure they'll be better. But do we really think the Redskins are going to be a top five run defense and be able to slow Zeke down? No, I think Zeke's going to come out the gates this year. I really do. So for me, it was the schedule. It was the consistency factor because let's face it, Dalvin Cook gets injured. Zeke doesn't get injured much. And really, when it comes down to it, when it comes to the draft of this league, I think, personally, the best way to go about it is just to try and draft for the first few weeks. Now, obviously, you want to get guys that you can count on for the entire season, but you have to keep in mind in this draft that throughout the year, you're going to be able to get Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. These are all guys that could potentially become free agents for you to get. So it's not the end of the world if something happens to your team. 
You're really just trying to make sure you can have a good first few weeks to get you some points and get you up there on that leaderboard. Because that's the biggest thing. You want to be on that upper half of that leaderboard. You don't want to be in the lower half. Because then one shitty week can fuck you and put you at the bottom. So you want to try and get as many points as you can those first few weeks. So I went consistent with guys I knew would produce. And that's what I did with my starters. And then my bench, I just went fucking upside, 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 upside. Rookies, second year players that I think have potential to really break out. And hey, if it happens within the first few weeks, then you've got more studs on your team. And less money you have, less fab you have to spend early on in the season to get some studs to help you stay in the league. This is what happened to me last year. I did such a good job in draft, and I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying I nailed a lot of things because I had Chris Godwin, because I had Dalvin Cook, because I hit on Lamar Jackson late in the draft. I was able to get a nice lead. And unfortunately for me, I didn't really have a bad week until the final week, <laughs> which is how I lost the championship because otherwise I played it perfect. Because you want to get up on that leaderboard and you want to do it without having to spend a bunch of fab. Because what happened to me last year was it came down to me and one other guy. But because I had been stingy with my fab and because I had been careful with it, I had fab and the other guy had none. And my team was already technically on paper better than his and I was able to snatch up whatever free agents I want. So I grabbed a Christian McCaffrey. I grabbed, I don't even remember who else. But the point is, is I had this loaded team. Now they let me down, but I had a loaded team going into the final week because I had Fab and the other guy didn't. Now the other guy lucked out. He had some lesser known guys. Like I can't even remember who his third, he had a third receiver that was like literally like, <laughs> like no big deal. And somehow this dude went off for like 20 some points. Like he had just a few guys, a couple of them who, don't normally have games like that. <laughs> he he had a couple of those guys just go off. And the, and I had a couple of guys like Dalvin Cook was hurt. Um, well, no, that's why I got McCaffrey. But McCaffrey didn't have a big game that last week. So there was some stuff that happened that really set me behind. And so I lost that final week. But up to that, I played the whole year pretty damn good. Because I was, because of how I drafted. And because I got up on the leaderboard and because I wasn't spending a lot of fab. But if you're lower on the, on the leaderboard, you're going to have to spend some fab to try and keep your ass from going home. So it's a tricky situation. So the best thing you can do, in my opinion, is when you draft, again, draft for consistency and really pay attention for those first few weeks of the schedule and just see like, you know, if you want to play... If you want to draft a wide receiver, but they're like constantly going up against top end cornerbacks the first few weeks, eh, maybe think about a different receiver. Okay. So a lot of, and it's only my second year, so I can't talk like I know everything about strategy, but I can say what I did in my first year worked pretty well. And I'm working on my strategy this year to try and evolve it and we'll see how it goes. But that's why I'm going to go ahead and tell you exactly how the draft turned out for me this year. Okay, so per my strategy, where I'm trying to get consistent, solid players I know I can count on for at least the first handful of weeks. 
And then, again, on the bench, shoot for a shit ton of upside. So here's what I got. Quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. I figured, well, this is after I had most of my starting lineup. There were still some quarterbacks sitting around, and I'm like, well, Aaron Rodgers is going to be kind of mad over the whole Jordan Love thing, and normally when Aaron Rodgers gets mad, he comes out firing. I know this because, as a Vikings fan, I've seen this asshole for many years (laughs) do his thing. So, I get it. And I was like, fuck it. Revenge tour, maybe? I'll go ahead and take the beginning of the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour for now. Now, I really wanted to hit one of those running quarterbacks, the scrambling-type quarterbacks. But the Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, they all went super fucking early. People weren't fucking around. It was almost like a super flex league. So I didn't even hit one of the... And, and Kyler Murray went super fucking early too, which bummed me out because I thought I could get him later like Lamar Jackson. But as I've mentioned previously, when it comes to the quarterbacks, this year in particular... People are on to that shit. People know what Lamar Jackson did last year and how late he you could have him in the draft. And now people are trying to replicate that this year with Kyler Murray. Only they're not waiting until the later rounds because they want to make sure to get him. <coughs> Excuse me. So it's interesting. It's interesting what's going on with the quarterback position. But I digress. Back to the, the condemned, which is what my guillotine league is called, the condemned. Back to this league. So the Aaron Rodgers, and then at running back, I went Zeke, James Conner, Darius Geis. Now, Zeke, I already explained that one. James Conner, I'm not a huge fan of, but Pittsburgh has already come out and said, he's the man. Mike Tomlin is someone who likes to have one main back. They believe in James Conner. Yes, he has a problem staying healthy. He's a bit injury prone. And hey, that's exactly why I don't draft him in dynasty leagues. But for this league, really, I just need him the first few weeks. So if he wants, if he, if he ends up getting injured, that's okay. I mean, poor him. I feel sorry for him. But I mean, it's okay for my team because I'll be able to go out and get other players. So I was kind of looking at really who could help me the first few weeks. And, I mean, schedule isn't bad. You got the Giants, Broncos, Texans, Titans. So, as far as run defense goes, Denver's a little tough, but, and again, this is something where you can look at that schedule and use it to kind of help you, but don't don't take it to heart. Houston could have a better run defense. Denver could have a shittier run defense. You never know what's going to happen. (laughs) It's before the season starts. You have a better idea of that in the season. But it is good to kind of look at and see, like, (laughs) because if if you've got someone that's starting out and you know is starting out with a few games, you know, of rough defense, if you know that, in this kind of league, good to look with other players. When it comes to dynasty, I don't give a shit about schedules. I don't give a shit about buys because it's long term. You know, but with the guillotine league, it's a redraft league. One and done. Once you're eliminated from the league, you're out. You come in, draft a new team next year. So perfect for a James Conner. And Darius Geis. I know Ron Revere seems to really love Antonio Gibson, and that's awesome. But Darius Geis is fantastic. And if he stays healthy, I could see at least him getting some really good run at the beginning of the year. Now, if they really like Antonio Gibson that much, fuck, maybe Geis gets traded 
somewhere else. You never know what'll happen. But guys has the talent. AP is old. Bryce Love isn't that good, in my opinion. So at least until they can incorporate Antonio Gibson into the offense, there's no better option than Geis. It's just the way it is. So that's what I went for running back. And then receiver, I got Allen Robinson, Adam Thielen. Okay, Allen Robinson is a stud. He's a wide receiver one every year. And now you're giving him a little bit, little bit, I say, (laughs) of a quarterback upgrade in Nick Foles. This is going to be good news for Allen Robinson. And I was able to get him late after the running backs. And then Adam Thielen, I got him in like the fifth round because nobody gives a shit about Adam Thielen, even though Kirk Cousins loves Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen was the number one even when Stephon Diggs was there. And yes, they drafted Justin Jefferson and they have a couple other guys there, but nobody's going to come in and immediately do what Stephon Diggs was doing. So that to me says Adam Thielen is going to go ballistic, especially given that he missed a chunk of last season. He's going to want to come out And bust ass this year. So I think at least for this, Adam Thielen is going to go ham, I believe. Especially in the beginning of the year. Until Justin Jefferson or whoever can assume that second receiver spot really takes in and gains Kirk Cousins' trust. And then I went, my third receiver, I went Denzel Mims. It was getting a little weak, but I wanted to get somebody that I was certain, again, that was going to get a lot of targets, a lot of points, because Denzel Mims is not only a fantastic prospect, but he goes to the Jets who really have nobody for Sam Darnold to throw to. Now, they should be getting Chris Herndon back from injury. He should be good to go this year. The Jets have already said they're excited to unleash him. Still got the Le'Veon Bell. You still got Jamison Crowder, who's really good, and they signed Brashad Perriman for a deep threat. But Sam Darnold needs a go-to guy. Denzel Mims will pop right off the bat. It wouldn't surprise me if he's the leading rookie receiver just because of the situation he went to. Look at Lamb. Look at Judy. Look at Ruggs. They all went somewhere where there's plenty of other options. Denzel Mims went somewhere where there is no number one and little else around. Beside that, they're the no number one. They got, again, Crowder, Herndon. They, they have hardly anything for Darnold. Mims is going to be big. And then I grab TJ Hawkinson because I think he's a tight end that's going to just fucking freak out and explode this year. Woo! Love it. I'm ready for some hawk. And then on my bench, I grabbed Tony Pollard because I figured if Zeke somehow gets suspended or he gets hurt in the first few weeks, I've got Tony Pollard. And Zeke is someone I could ride all year, really. So really, I can keep Zeke all year and I have his backup, Tony Pollard. So should anything ever happen to Zeke, Tony Pollard will step in and be almost an equal. And therefore, I have him. I don't normally like to get handcuffs. There's certain running backs that I'll get handcuffs for in Dynasty. Because to me, you could just be using a handcuff spot on another flyer spot, another upside spot. But there are certain situations, like with Zeke, where you got a guy that if he comes in, he could be, like there could be very little drop-off. You know what I mean? And that's really what you're looking for. And then I grabbed Travis Homer, because I know the Seahawks have Chris Carson, whom they love, even though he likes to fumble. And then they have... Signed Carlos Hyde, who I've never been a believer in. And Rashad Penny will likely start the year in the PUP. So Travis Homer has some great measurables, some great metrics. His best comparable player 
is fucking Matt Breida, who just signed with the Lions. I like Matt Breida a lot. As a matter of fact, I was trying to get him. Didn't quite get him because... And I even tried to get him in my Superflex startup league because I, I like his situation. And I like him as a running back. But other people must be onto him too. But I really think there's a chance for Travis Homer to make some noise because I don't believe in Carlos Hyde. And if Chris Carson starts to falter, there's no Rashad Penny. Carlos Hyde is old and busty, if you ask me. Bustable. And, and then it's Travis Homer and rookie DJ Dallas. But the rookie, obviously like every other rookie, is not going to get the same kind of time as most rookies do. I just feel like after the first few weeks, Travis Homer could be a very important part of that Seahawks offense. So I wanted to make sure I got a hold of him. Then you got Damian Harris. Third round pick last year. The Patriots didn't do a whole lot last year. But there are signs that he could be an important part of that offense moving forward. Particularly, if you think about it, you look at their other running backs. James White, Rex Burkhead, Brandon Bolton. Now, these guys, well, aside from Burkhead, who spent a lot of time injured, hasn't done a whole lot. But the, Bolden, White, they've been productive for the Patriots. But there comes a point in time, the Patriots don't have a lot, a lot of cap room. So I could see them cutting Rex Burkhead. Maybe one of the other two. Particularly if they feel good about Damian Harris. Because they've got these rookie, these younger running backs that they can ride. You know, they don't have to pay him yet. Sony Michelle, Damian Harris. You use those guys as a one-two combo. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I got a feeling we're going to see some Damian Harris this year. And then I got Joshua Kelly, the rookie running back, because I just, as I've explained in other podcasts, I feel like he's going to be part of that Chargers run game this year because he's a different kind of back than Eckler and Jackson. I just think they'll be able to find ways to use him. Then I went receiver with the last few picks. I went Jalen Hurd, LaVisca Chenault, Brian Edwards. All dudes, I think, that have the potential to break out this year. Chenault and Edwards are rookies. But Chenault goes to the Jaguars, who, aside from DJ Chark, I mean, I like DJ D.D. Westbrook, but he's nothing special. Albert Wilson, Chris Connolly, no. They need help for Minshew behind DJ Chark. And they've got it right there in LaVisca Chenault. And they've already said they're going to use him all over the field. So I grabbed him because I'm excited for the potential he brings. And then Jalen Hurd. Potentially the number three on the 49ers. Well, he could be the number two, but you imagine Brandon Ayuk will probably work his way in there to be the number two. But Jalen Hurd still has a chance to become a important piece on that team. And then again, Brian, back to Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards, I mean, who do the Raiders have that <laughs> is so fantastic that Brian Edwards wouldn't be able to, you know, they've got, okay, they've got Tyrell Williams. Wouldn't be surprised if he got cut. They do have Hunter Renro. Renro, <laughs> Renro, Renro. They do have Hunter Renfro, and they seem to like him quite a bit. But other than that, they got rugs. But they don't have a lot. They took some chances on some guys, but I could just see Brian Edwards is a stud, and I could see him ba uh, breaking his way into the starting lineup at the position as a rookie. So you see, I went Tony Pollard on my bench, but then the rest... All upside. All upside to see, you know, just if any of those people pop early in the season, then I can hang on to them. I don't have to, you know, worry about trying to get a bunch of stuff off the waiver wire right away. Now, of course, none of this could all work out because you never know how rookies are going to pan out and all of that. But it's, it's sound strategy. You get your solid core and then you go for upside on your bench 
so that if some of those guys hit, you don't have to spend as much fab trying to get good players on your team. Because then you've got a solid team and you can just kind of be picky and choosy about when and who you spend your fab on. And hopefully that'll lead you to have more fab than most others towards the end of the year. So, that's how my turn, my draft turned out. That's how my team looks. And I'm very excited because I think it looks awesome. I think I had a really good draft. And I'm excited to see how it all goes. So, if the guillotine league that I've talked about here today interests any of you, please go try one out. And hell, I'll start another one if I can get enough people interested. So, don't forget to check me out on Twitter, at Madness. Let me know your thoughts on the Guillotine League, if you'd want to do one, etc. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, close up shop, get the fuck out of here for a few days. But, again, at RMK Madness, let me know if you want to do a Guillotine League, because I will start another one, and we'll fucking slam it down. But if you've been listening to this, you're probably going to try and take my strategy. It'd be a little bit harder Trying to do a guillotine league with people that listening to how I want to go about it be tough. But I'd be up for the challenge. All right, all right, all right. Quick break. We'll be back. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Welcome back. Let's get ready to close up shop. Get out of here. Apologies again. I realize this was a shorter episode than normal, slightly. But again, during this time, all of this just seems trivial a little bit. And we got to push through because there's still going to be fantasy happening and fantasy drafts going on and whatnot. So got to keep it up. But it does seem like there's so much more important things going on at the moment. But again, if you want more of my thoughts on what is happening in America right now, please... Go to Twitter, at RMK Madness. Follow me and check out my Miscellaneous Debris podcast. Got a lot of thoughts on the situation right now. Just remember, black lives matter. Police brutality is real, and it's bullshit. Trump's America sucks. And COVID's still here. Just some key points for everybody to remember. Now, come back in a few days... We'll see how I feel. Maybe we'll get back to a little bit of the more normal episode and we'll talk some more drafting, a strategy, players to target, sleepers. We're going to kind of continue to go along with that theme since fantasy drafts are happening right now and everybody's doing that. And, you know, we got to get the information out there of the best way to approach these drafts, depending on which kind of league you're playing in. And we'll do a little more discussion on the new unique league that I'm trying to set up. So once again, check all that stuff out on Twitter at RMK Madness. Keep your eye out. I should also have my Rota Underworld player profiler article out in the next day or two. So keep an eye out on Twitter for that. Thank you for joining me. This has been the Fantasy Madness Podcast. I am your host, Ryan MK. Don't forget to check out my stuff on Twitter again. And everybody, stay safe, stay vigilant. Love to you all. Peace out. Welcome to the show.